It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ayo, Super Bowl, Super Bears. Uh, welcome to the CHGO White Sox podcast, uh, coming to you live from our home. Uh, I am your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, uh, our producer of the CHGO White Sox postgame uh, and now uh, contributor, Stephen Nicholas. Hi, Stephen. Hey, Sean. We um, won a series. Yeah. It's a good team. We did it. Exactly. And hey, uh, here, comes, here comes the meatball takes because they won away against the Braves, the best team in the major leagues. So that means... This was a seven-game series in October. The White Sox would win the World Series if they played the Braves. It's just—I mean, it's—it's it's just math, folks. I mean, start um, the playoffs now. We're ready to go. Let's do exactly. it. It won't be them, but still. <laughs> Don't look at the record. There's still 15 <laughs> games under 500, folks. Um, we're gonna talk a lot today about the White Sox. Uh, just knee-jerk reactions because a lot of people are excited. I mean, the the two wins that they had were very exciting. Um, the game on Saturday was very fun, back and forth, and also the White Sox hit Spencer Strider. Uh, they got struck out 10 times, but they also had a really good uh, outing against Strider. Um, and then today, too, just uh, just demolishing uh, the Braves. Yeah. Really. Eight to one. Wire to um, wire, really. Robert and Berger with homers. And then you're going to talk later about Andrew Benatendi. Uh, so, you know, we got a lot to talk about. Also, just want to promote, too, uh, we got a lot of uh, questions from fans, obviously, with, you know, the, the state of the sock. So feel free to throw in all the questions in the chat. Stephen will bookmark uh, the best ones and we'll get to them later. We have a poll question, too. Uh, just taking the temperature. Should the White Sox buy or sell, especially after the two out of three against Atlanta? Uh, Stephen said it's going to be 90 percent sell. So we'll see. My prediction. Uh, see if I'm right. We'll see what people say later on. Uh, before we jump into all of this stuff, we do want to let you know about our amazing uh golf outing that's coming up on august 25th the chgo kickoff classic at cog hill the cog hill uh it's 18 holes with a cart at a 9 a.m shotgun start uh you get an exclusive chgo and pins and aces polo for all players there'll be whole contests giveaways and prizes and also lunch drinks and ceremony after the round and if you are a chgo diehard uh, you get a discount 20 percent off all events we also have one coming up on july 26th uh where we'll be doing the crosstown uh takeover or crosstown event uh where we'll be uh, meeting up before the game and then going to the cubs Sox game on the 26th at guaranteed rate field so check out allchgo.com and when you sign up too uh, you get a free shirt when you become a member so uh join the community today uh, we're trying to get as many Sox fans in here uh, as we possibly can so whether you're joining us at the uh, crosstown series takeovers or the cog hill uh, golf outing uh, we'd love to see all of our diehards there and make sure you're using your 20 percent discount code uh to join us um and thanks everybody for watching us we got uh, 50 people in here for a team that's 15 capes under 500 uh make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button uh we appreciate it uh all right two out of three um the one on friday too is where we should start because a lot of the reaction is you just won two out of three against atlanta and i even see uh Ian's comment up here, uh, which brought me some joy. Uh, we beat the Braves and Yankees away, so why the hell are we so bad in overall results? Well, Ian, uh, there's a you know, baseball's weird 162 games, and you're always facing a team at different points in the season. We are coming off the all star break, and what you expect after the all star break is a team to be fresh, ready to go, firing in all, on all cylinders, and on Friday. That was the Atlanta Braves. They demolished the Chicago White Sox and good old Frank Thomas, everybody's favorite player, the best player to ever put on a uh, a White Sox uniform, maybe. Oh, definitely. He's maybe. the best ever. Who's back? Well, I know there's some some old heads, and I think uh, my guy Alex, who would defend like uh, Louis Aparicio, I think, or, or Luke Appling. Um, it, there, there might be a war content. That's not the discussion today. But Frank, after the White Sox lost, 
said, I don't want to see another week of this team. And quote, as flat as you can be coming out of an all-star break. And then the next day, Pedro Grafol tells me, uh, tells the uh, reporters, uh, Grafol was asked if he's seen the attention to detail he wants from his players. And this is from Daryl Van Scowen's report uh, in the Sun-Times. He said, no, 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 no. We have to get better at that. That's something we've spoken about individually. I have conversations with these guys. I don't like them. Uh, doing too much team stuff. I do have a lot of conversations on things we need to get better at. I have a lot of meetings with our coaches on things we need to address. The attention to detail um, is not there. And this is something we saw the whole thing at Guaranteed Rate Field when Pedro Grafal was introduced is we are going to prepare every night to kick your ass. They're 15 games under 500. So I, I get it. It's exciting to win games. This team has only had 40 wins this entire year and you're going up against the Braves and you get two wins that is huge the white Sox usually don't win on the road uh this year um they did a lot last year but uh you know this year it has been difficult and you go up against their ace you get a win and then you go up and you have a really nice sunday with a lot of offense however steven it was friday erased friday no i mean that was a blowout just it was (laughs) as bad as today was good that, that's the way I'll describe that first. It was horrendous for the White Sox. I mean, they what, they get like three hits? It was something pathetic like that. Right. And now today they're coming out and they're just getting hit after hit. I know, I think they had 10 hits through four innings. I mean, give me that every single game. That, that's great. That's what this White Sox offense is supposed to be. But to your point, you know, if we lose that Saturday game, we're looking at a very different series outlook here. It's like, oh, we won one out of three versus the Braves. It's probably what we should have done at best anyway. Instead, they would take two out of three. You know, they don't let the Braves come back yesterday. Now, today it was just an offensive display. Pitching was great all around. Even Aaron Bummer, the guy that I gave a hard time last week, was really good today. Yeah, but and, you know, I mean, Bummer, again, as long as he's not getting bad ground ball luck, I I feel like he's fine. I I feel like people might be shocked. He might get something at the deadline. Um, But, like, yeah, it might. Um, But, again, on Saturday, too, like, if Graveman – has a worse night if Tim Anderson botches that double play uh, ball and, and the white, you know, the White Sox yeah. extend that inning for the Braves. It is possible that the Braves win that game, right? And if they lose two out of three, is the world falling, right? Like, I, I know it feels good to win, but again, like the discussion after Friday was really negative uh, about this team. Um, so while, you know, it is nice to be high um there is and uh check out Sunnyside. uh Canada. i was wondering if that's where you're um, going with that okay. no i just I, poor <laughs> word choice um but the last time the braves lost a series to a team was you just flashed the comment fred helped oh you. Is, is it the athletics it's the ace wow may yeah, 29th well. may 30th was the last time they lost two straight games to the same team hmm. so braves were red hot rested but it's tough to keep that firing. And again, a couple bounces their way. They probably went on Saturday. So I don't know if the White Sox are shining here. I love seeing 14 runs against the Braves. But we also saw that ending against the uh, Angels after, you know, they had two horrible games. Yeah. They finished strong against the Angels. And then what did they do? They went and lost to Oakland. So I, weirdly enough, Stephen, I need to see more from this team. And even then, I saw this from uh, uh, Brian Knights on Twitter. Um, he was saying, you know, hey, if you beat the Braves and take two out of three, which they did, um, all you have to do is demolish the bad Mets, um, right? You have to uh, take the series in Minnesota uh, and then take both from his words, uh, the losers up north uh, on the north side. Um, but again, if they take the series in Minnesota, let's say they lose one game, they sweep the Mets and they sweep the Cubs in that two-game series, they are how many games under 500? How many How many Mets, uh, how many games with that Mets series? Three. Three? Three, three first Minnesota, and then two versus the Cubs. They're nine games under 500. Okay, yeah, I think you're just if, doing the math for them. You're the math guy if, in these parts. If, <laughs> if they go seven and one in their next eight games – nine games under 500 like they if they win 15 straight they're at, yeah they're at 500 um and i think even the next 15 games that's going to push you past the trade deadline I, I think the writing is on the wall they needed to have this series four months four weeks ago i mean like yeah i mean they, they needed to do this when they went on that west coast trip and they didn't and you know i mean Nothing really changed. The White Sox aren't winning in any different way. They got home runs from Jake Berger and Luis Robert. Andrew Benatendi continued his nice play over the past two uh, two uh, uh, months. But outside of that, I mean, it's not like Tim Anderson showed up and started hitting bombs. 
No, like he has Monty Grandal's looking yeah. better at the plate. He looks you know? terrible. I mean, him losing his bat on that swing earlier. Oh, he looked three sweepers in that at bat. Whiff, and then, whiff, whiff, and then loses his bat on the third one. That's fitting for that at bat. That was an absolutely garbage at bat for him. And his last at bat, I feel bad for him because he did get absolutely hosed. Uh, the ump makes a call on a, oh, a, a curveball at the top of the zone that's completely off the plate as well. And you hear broad as day on the broadcast, you're fucking me today. <laughs> so he's unhappy. Um, but again, like just going to Pedro's quote on Friday, you know, when he was brought in, and this is from Sox Machine, uh, he, he went back and uh, found all the phrases, uh, times the Sox used uh, attention to detail. Um, and Rick Hahn, when announcing Griffel last November, a modern baseball mind who is seeking to build a cohesive and inclusive clubhouse environment and one where the attention to detail and accountability will be priorities. And then again, today, he said he's having individual conversations and not really doing the team stuff. So again, we don't really hear a cohesive and inclusive clubhouse. I don't think that's changing after two two wins against the Braves. That's been the large talk that we've been having at the all-star break your own Chuck. I mean, everyone's favorite Chuck from the NBC sports Chicago broadcast is saying on their podcast that like he's heard from all the veterans that like the culture is horrible in the white Sox clubhouse. I, I don't think that's changed. And then we talked about the core, the core that never plays with one another. Like it doesn't seem like Mankata and Anderson are, are, are buddy buddies. It doesn't seem like Grindall is really a guy that people flood to and, 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 you know, hang around. It doesn't seem like a, a clubhouse that vibes together. And it just doesn't seem like, uh, you know, it's breeding grounds for them to start taking off here. I mean, if they win seven games out of their next eight, like that's their best stretch in what, two years. Yeah. Like that definitely. just rivals something from 2021. I don't think they've been that good um, post all-star break in 2021. So it's just like all of the signs are there just saying they got lucky in Atlanta and that's why they won two or three. Yeah, I'm, yesterday was lucky. I mean, they, the offense was pretty good, but that was one of those games where we're used to seeing the White Sox give it away at the end. And we've already seen it twice this season, three times if you want to count Elvis Andres as well, where it's hit to the middle infield and they boot it, they throw it away, something of that, that nature. And game over, Sox lose on a defensive miscue. Yesterday, it was Tim Anderson stepping up the way that we were used to seeing him step up in years past. That's a great double play he made there, taking it himself, not complicating things making a strong solid throw right to the gloves of Andrew Vaughn that's what we need more of from him and he had a pretty decent showing offensively today as well uh, hopefully this is uh the tide turning a little bit for him because I mean we need it and today I saw a little bit of something I haven't seen too much of it seemed like the players were genuinely having a good time I saw smiles I saw laughing it wasn't this just real stoic home run celebration where you put the the hat on and the little coat and you, you walk around the dugout with your half-assed high fives it was it was it seemed more genuine for once I actually enjoyed this win as much as I've enjoyed a win this season I heard, I heard the same thing on Saturday I mean people just really enjoyed that game um mm -hmm. I do think there was a, a comment like people just saying that was one of the better and more entertaining games of the year uh but Robbie even said earlier uh went to the game last yeah. night I was happy to be a Sox fan for the first time all season electric atmosphere and Sox actually played good baseball and I think that's the, honestly the biggest credit to Atlanta um I mean you hear you see it's an 8-1 game of, of today this team is losing eight to one uh and that place goes fucking bananas for jesse schultons versus charlie culberson because charlie culberson charlie clutch is finally getting that <laughs> bat after being on the roster for like 30 days and not a month and a half that. right and he got yeah. dfa'd recently and then you yeah. know resigned so this is a team and an organization that really does care and is proud to back their organization mm -hmm. and they should be again 2021 was a fantastic year and you see that picture of all their all-stars and the, the length that they're signed i mean striders locked up forever acuna albies uh, uh olsen murphy riley like all of those guys i think even uh, michael harris too like all of those guys are locked up that is a team that they are going to sink their teeth in and they are going to root on every single time they're in Atlanta because the corporation that runs their uh, franchise is putting a ton of money into the new stadium, into mm -hmm. the team, and they are really in reinvigorating the the Atlanta baseball scene. Yeah, I, I look at that this, for though. the Sox. Yeah, I, I think I, that, that's the thing is, you know, again, the, the money is just misplaced. It's, it's misguided and it doesn't really seem like inspired – um, spending and inspired baseball and, and inspired leadership I, with the Braves. I think you can say that. 
Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there, though. You're talking about the Braves being young, controllable, talented. You got a fan base behind them. It's exciting. That's what we were supposed to be. We were supposed to be that team. We had the young, controllable assets. We were supposed to have a seven, eight-year contention window. Instead, we're looking at the Atlanta Braves. That's the team that actually has it. And if somehow we went in there and we beat them two out of three games this weekend, that's awesome. But, man, I, I look at the Atlanta Braves and I see a team that we were supposed to be. I mean, yeah. Ronald Acuna. I mean, our, Luis Roberts are Ronald Acuna. Dylan Cease is our Spencer Strider. We have so many different, like, comps here. And Austin Riley and Joao Moncada. It just didn't work out for us. And now we're, we're just sitting here talking about – we have a poll question up about whether or not they should buy or sell. We shouldn't be in that position even have to ask that question. I've always said that Orlando Arcia gives me a huge Tim Anderson. So, no, I I think we can continue that going. But the thing I think with, again, the Atlanta Braves is when they don't have their best players and maybe have a down year, um, they're not really giving up. They're always trying to reconfigure. And we saw that in 2021 and they ended up winning the World Series. Um, But it also doesn't seem like they're ever hurt by that huge injury and i mean even akuna yeah. wasn't on the 2021 team right he was yeah, injured. yeah he he was injured he i think it was a acl tear so he didn't even wasn't even a part of that playoff run that world Percy. series run which is crazy um, yeah that's yes. their best player unquestionably and, and uh tom fornelli uh at right Sox, at least his uh right his white Sox uh twitter account um posted this uh, white Sox record when player starts and this is before today so you can obviously add a win uh to whoever started today but vaughn 38 and 52 luis 36 and 53 benny 35 and 47 yaz 38 and 34 burger 27 and 40 sheets 24 and 31 elvis 22 and 40 alloy 24 and 37 sebi 15 and 27 none of those obviously stick out except mm-hmm. for two of them uh and again it's injuries that have held these players back from uh, producing this year from from helping uh but now tim's record is 33 and 34 when he plays when he starts for the chicago white Sox, they are one game under 500 when yoan moncada starts 19 and 16 and again i think it goes back to the core five all being together and you just having all that money that you spent on the field but again the, the Sox just don't have the ability to handle or take a punch like that and now with Moncada too, there's no real hope that he's going to be bouncing back soon. I know he's uh, on a rehab assignment right now down in Charlotte, but we've seen good rehab assignments from Yohan Moncada before, and it never translating back to the major league level. And and we saw a little bit with that this uh, first week of this year. But I mean, again, it's just just no real life with this team. I, yeah. I get that you felt like a little bit of life today, but again, like, you know, Luis Robert is the best player on the team, but I just don't feel like they have anything that is truly inspiring to be like, Hey, you know, let's keep this around. Let's build uh, or let's buy like at, at the worst or at the, the minor, the, the, the least that they'll do mm-hmm. is trade Lucas Giolito. Like I, I feel yeah, like that's I, pretty I that's written happening. in stone. I think that's happening. I, I can see Lance Lynn going as well, but they need to get some, some high minor leagues, talent starting pitching talent in return someone that could potentially come in and play this year for the white Sox, because i mean other than that i mean who are you starting you know every five days mm-hmm. they're not gonna have anyone left uh i, I got a potential hot take here i, I don't know if i want yoan Moncada back on the major league team he's one for five right now in charlotte and <laughs> i'm looking uh, you're gonna face on five at bats no 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 i'm not doing that <laughs> i'm just saying he's he's what i'm trying to say is he's on his way back he'll be here yeah. soon I'm looking at Jake Berger. The guy's got 21 home runs right now. Yoan Moncada's career high is 25. I know I know home runs aren't everything, and obviously Moncada's a better defensive player, but I'm looking at Jake Berger. And I see a guy that I want to see batting every single day, and he's going to get forced out, especially if you have well, Aloy Jimenez DHing now that he gets injured again. Who knows what's going on there? That's the thing is like, I mean, I, I get it, but like it's, it's a, it's sliding doors. Uh, Aloy was removed today with left groin tightness and is being uh, further evaluated. So you're like, I, I get your point that Jake Berger won't be playing third base, but he, it seems like he could probably just be the DH now. I mean, I don't think there's a reason to take this guy out, especially when he has 21 home runs out of the lineup. It seems like he's clicking. The White Sox need people who are clicking. So if Aloy's going to be injured, Jake Berger is yeah. going to be the DH. And, and, and I mean, I'm fine to see Moncada out there, but you're not going to get that wish. I mean, Yon Moncada was signed to the he's, same he's amount of money coming his way. as Andrew Benatendi. They can't <laughs> get rid of him. They're not just going to eat that money. Um, like they're trying to shed payroll. And if they're stuck with Yon Moncada, they're stuck with Yon Moncada until his first player option or until that, yeah. that deal's and over. They um, are stuck with him. He's yeah, not getting traded. I, I bring up that point 
more as a compliment to Jake Berger than an insult or a reason to get Mankata off the team. There's no path to doing that. And like you said, they're not going to eat that money. But, man, I really like what I see out of Jake Berger. I mean, he's just providing pop that this lineup has desperately needed for years now. Well, hey, watch out. The option in uh, the option in uh, 2025 will increase to $27.5 million if he wins MVP. So, um, <laughs> But, no, the 2025 option is a club option, and it's a, it includes a $5 million buyout. So um, it does seem like they'll have him for 2024. But in 2025, they could possibly just cut bait for $5 million, and I, I think that's likely. Um, so, I mean, we might have one more year of Yohan Moncada. He might have one more year in 2024 to say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm still this player. I can still produce and improve. But um, yeah, until they're able to get out of that money with that $5 million buyout or some team weirdly taking on that, um, you know, he's going to be a White Sox. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see with Moncada. But I, I get your point with Berger. But again, you know, I think there's a spot somewhere for him in the lineup. I mean, at this point, just play him at second base. Who cares? You're 15 uh, games I, under 500. I'd take my chances. I really would. Uh, hey, I mean, Aloy can't play right field. Have we tried Jake Berger? <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't who, let the front office hear that. They're going to go, you know cares? what? Talk to Pedro. That's a good idea. That Sean Anders isn't onto something right now. Who cares? Uh, you know, I mean, at this point, like, <laughs> you, prioritize you need, defense, whatever. You need somebody to hit homers. And then, yeah, Robbie said, uh, worst free agent history uh, is Yaz. Uh, we talked a little bit about that with Herb last time. Uh, so if you guys have any more takes or any questions, uh, make sure you're tossing those in the chat and we will get to those after uh, the break or after we talk about uh, Andrew Benatendi because uh, Steven's bringing some. Uh, some graphics for for me but i do want to let you know about game time uh there was a piece on Southside Sox uh by dante jones um and you can follow him on, on twitter at don tizzle jones um but um talking about you know hey the white Sox have uh some very weird choices when it comes to advertisers and if you don't directly want to give them money and you're frustrated by some of the things that they are uh putting on at their stadium Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. And the money doesn't go directly to the White Sox organization. Uh, also, uh, they have flash deals on last-minute tickets, and it uh, they have easy. Uh, it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And they have image of seat views, so you make sure that you are getting the best seat for the best price. And they're going to help you with that, too, because they guarantee uh, that you'll always get the best price with the game time guarantee. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference. Our guy Herb uh, was down in Atlanta last year, um, found the game time uh, difference or, or found a different uh price on a different site um and within 12 minutes he got 110 percent of the difference in the tickets so snag the tickets without the stress uh with game time download the game time app and create an account and use code chgo for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code chgo for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed um steven you want to try your hand to comment sure two home runs for the white Sox offense today that's plenty of power by their standard you know who i go to for power Comag. The Comag Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Yes, they do, Stephen. Comag offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. Comag also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. How does it work, Sean? Well, an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they could start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, simple payback, and Stephen making bad punts. If you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. Did you say comed.com slash powering biz? Comed.com slash powering biz. Okay. With the pause, um, I got to make sure I got that in there. All right. Yeah. And again, Shirek Bobby throwing this in the chat. Uh, what type of stretch would stop you from selling? Uh, Steve, why don't you update us on the, uh, the, old, the old poll? All right, let's take a look here. Oh, it's actually uh, no, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. You said 90%. It was going to be 90% sell. Yeah, it is 78% sell right now. Okay. 
So you're about 12% off. That's fine. Again, they won two out of three. If they lose tomorrow, it'd probably be like, you know, uh, 95, you know, 95% (laughs) sell. Um, But Shirek Bobby saying, what type of stretch would stop you from selling again? Seven, seven and one in their next eight puts them nine games under 500. Minnesota right now is one game over 500. They're playing the A's. It's likely that they lose or it's likely that they win. And they go to Ryan pitching today. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't see a stretch. I, I think it's, too little too late like it it is good that they won two out of three against atlanta i am never going to be upset when the white Sox um win games but you know see theodore uh dennis saying 18 more straight wins here it comes (laughs) that's really the stretch that they would need and the white Sox, i don't think have had a five game win streak since 2001 i I, this team just doesn't seem like they're getting hot this team really doesn't seem like they're vibing maybe Maybe I'm missing the mark, but I, I don't think that the the 27, what, 54 outs that they got over the past two games is really enough to 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 be like, oh, look at all this. Again, on Friday, Frank Thomas was saying that they were flat and that they were bad. Uh, and on Saturday before the game, Pedro was saying that they weren't paying any attention to detail. And that was the whole thing that they wanted someone to pay attention to detail. And Liam Hendricks said they wanted authoritarian. And it doesn't seem like that's Pedro Gafol in any sense of the word. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Fred's saying the Sox can win 90 games if they, if they go 50 and 17. So, Hey, if they, if they want to, they can I think they have the second easiest schedule in major league baseball, but I, I am, I am done after last year. Uh, really, you know, what September 20th, I think that was the, the day that kind of became reality that the White Sox are not reaching that window. I don't know. I want to say the window is shut just because the AL Central is bad. You can make it into the playoffs any single way. And hey, I mean, the Guardians made it past the Yankees, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because they made it to the second round last year. I believe they did. Yeah. Or, or maybe the oh, other way. I mean, maybe they yeah. beat someone in the first round and they no, made it to the second round. I think they got the Yankees. Right. Um, But I mean, that's the thing is, you know, as long as you make it into the dance, you have a chance. And, Look at me. I'm rhyming. Uh, and when you have Luis Robert Jr., I mean, that's a star player that can absolutely change games. And we saw that today with a, another home run. His yeah. 27th of the year. Four hits. Four hits. Uh, insane. I know a lot of people were like, oh, no, after uh, he got injured during the home run derby. I don't think he wanted to play in the All-Star game because he's played yes. so many damn games already. He's like, uh, it doesn't count and I can't win a million dollars. Yeah, I'm good. Um I mean, I wouldn't play if I wasn't getting offered a million dollars. So, uh, you know, that, that that's just it. Um, also, too. Like the stretch that they would need is consistent, dominant starting pitching that's going to eat innings, and they need this offense to continue. Um, why don't you flash the Benny stuff? Because there is some good in this team. Again, Jake Berger now has 21 homers. I know he had a rough stretch, but that's kind of the player that he will be. He's going to strike out 200 times, and he might run into 35 homers. That's cool. Um, yeah. Again, he plays below average defense. It's a reason why he wasn't on the opening day roster. Um, Jake Berger was not part of the core. He's a great story. Uh, but again, I don't know if there's a ton of knocking on uh, Rick Hans. People don't knock. They call, I guess it would be. Yeah, a ring. If they're um, knocking on a store and we might have to call security. Yeah, it'd be odd. Could you imagine like uh, Dick Monfort, like driving all the way to <laughs> Chicago to dismiss a trade? I guess he's the owner of the Rockies, but I yeah. just wanted to say Dick. Um, all right, Benny, uh, wow. since he's moved into the leadoff spot, uh, the two Benintendis, uh, and now it's 34 games on the left of Benny mm-hmm. batting leadoff, but, you know, Stephen liked the uh, symmetry of 33 and 33. So uh, in looks good, the- yeah. First 66 games, Andrew Benatendi had a batting average of 258, seven RBIs, an OBP of 333, a slugging of 363, and an OPS of 69.6. Nice. Look at us. <laughs> um, and then now, Benny, since being in the leadoff spot, 33 games, 313 batting average, 14 RBIs, 369 OBP, 396 slugging and an OPS of 765. All right, Stephen, before I pour water all over this, you made the sure. graphic, so I won't be mean. Yeah. Why, why is that important to you? Why would White Sox, why would White Sox fans might be able to, uh, uh, you know, why, why would White Sox fans be excited by that? I mean, Dan's saying he's okay. Because one of the biggest issues this season when Andrew Benintendi wasn't batting first was a lack of production at the leadoff spot. Tim Anderson's been horrendous this season. There's no sugarcoating that. Now, Andrew Benintendi, sure, he's assigned to a big contract, like you always like mentioning, five years, $75 million. He wasn't brought in to hit for power, but if he's going to play a certain role, you might as well play that role well. And right now, he's playing the leadoff role excellently. I mean, you saw uh, another several hits today. I think we had seven hits in the series. 
that's great. He's getting on a base at a very high clip, which, as I mentioned pre-show, that's that's all I'm looking for out of a, a leadoff man. I just want to see him get on base at a high clip. He's doing that, and he's even batting in runs today, too. Line drives all over, spraying him. Uh, he looked really good today. He looked good in the series, and he's looked great in the leadoff spot this season. When As long as Tim Anderson's not performing, they need this from him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any contributions are, are important contributions. Uh, someone asked me today, I think it was Paul uh, or Paul Lee uh, on Twitter, uh, asked me, you know, is he right now the second best position player on the Sox? And there's no way wow. around saying uh, no, uh, he is. And I really think it's only a debate between him and Berger. And again, Berger didn't make the opening day roster and Ben Benintendi's the $75 million man. <laughs> so like, yes, he should be the second best position player, or at least, you know, uh, up there with, with, Tim, you know, it'd be nice yeah. if Tim was the all-star that he was. Um, but yeah, no, Benny is absolutely the second best player on the Sox right now. But I think that, again, tells you why they're 15 games under 500, uh, because the second best position player is still having a below uh, career year. And I'm not trying to be a dick. Again, I'm, I said I was going to pour water on this, but flash the numbers again, Stephen. Um, oh, no, no, I'm playing our own thing. I clicked the wrong one. Uh, so. 313 batting average, 369 OBP, 396 slugging, and a 765 OPS. Um, let's just round that up by like five points, um, right? Because, I mean, he had a pretty good yeah, day. Today. I can tell you um, the average now is 323. Okay. And that's above career average. Uh, 297 is his career average, so 323. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like 50 points above, which, hey, nice. I'm not going to complain about that. OBP, uh, 375 or so now if we're just adding on five more points. And, and his career average is 351, so nice. Um, but, again, I mean, he is like Nick Madrigal, but from the left side. Uh, his slugging percentage, I think, got up to maybe 400, maybe 402 or so. Uh, and his career average is at 425. Like, he is he is fine. He plays a fine left field. He is He's fine. But he's not a game changer. And that that's the real thing is they spent $75 million on a guy who is not really going to change your game, really going to be able to help you pour on runs. He is a guy that if he's batting leadoff and he's got a what on base percentage again of like 370 of uh, 375, yeah. I'm not going to complain. Um, but he wasn't that player in the in the first two months. Uh, and, and again, you know, we're, we weren't really seeing like next level defense. But I mean, if he's going to be to the level of like, left field Luisa rise then sure that's fun left field loose rise i'd be ecstatic with that i mean i mean maybe it was not hitting what 386 but i mean 323 is pretty yeah impressive hey, hey, you tell I mean, me what did it arise when what did what did it arise when the, the batting title with last year i think it was in the 330s but yeah I mean, 316 so I mean, right hits? now, yeah. So right oh, now, that shouldn't be winning so, baggy titles. Right, right now, Benny, Benny would be uh, putting himself in a batting title if he can yeah, lead off. Benny would be in contention, um, which is cool. Well, you know, it's fine. Um, but I'm not really. I don't. I mean, that was cool in the '80s too. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I wanted just a game changer. But I mean, hey, you know, it's it's consistency, and I can't really look away at consistency for a team that again sucks. Uh, anyways, anything else you want to add on about Benny here? No, I'm good on the Benny talk. I just wanted to point out that he's been much better in one role compared to another, and we still haven't had explanations on why he's been in any role at any point in this season. What do you mean? Well, we, we saw him batting third at one point in spring training, and it was uh, everything was so close to the vest. This one, this is the one move that I could say, Pedro, you got, you got it right. TA, it should have been done a long time ago, but he's gotten it right. Yeah, I mean, the one thing, though, that was weird was I think like literally two days before he made the switch, he said, you know, he like doubled down that they weren't yeah. going to move T.A. So, I mean, that that's just frustrating that I don't know if the the consistency, the communication has been super consistent. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Pedro Grafal. I'll just I'll just I'll just say that because, again, like there hasn't been a ton of insight. And again, it feels like he's pretty wishy-washy I, I don't know um and he, there's not really any insight gained from him um like yeah, it just seems like he really likes hearing him speak he, he he just wants to back the guys and it doesn't seem like he wants to rock the boat and that's not really a person that i enjoy um yeah. but again whatever uh benny though hey may, maybe he helps them for a 2024 al central title uh let's take a break and then uh we'll talk about your questions and uh steven why don't you bookmark some and get them ready uh, and we'll rapid fire them so again if you have any other questions uh make sure you're firing them off in the chat and uh also uh, update us on your poll after uh we hit this ad break want to let you know though about shady rays it's a beautiful 
day. I hear the birds chirping outside. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. I don't know how to say the word exclusively fast. Um, that one I kind of I kind of mumble. Exclusively for our listeners. Um, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. I also want to let you know about our friends over at FOCO. Uh, we're not in studio, but they have helped us really fill out our lovely studio with some bobbleheads. So make sure you go over to FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com, and check out their massive, massive collection of bobbleheads. You bring up Andrew Benatendi, you can go get a University of Arkansas Andrew Benatendi bobblehead. I mean, they, they go real deep. Uh, get fitted out in the best sports gear around at FOCO.com. They have hoodies, shoes, signs bobbleheads and everything in between like aloha shirts straw hats polos bags everything you need to have a fun time at the game and again check out foco.com foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off uh yon makata day uh 0 for 2 uh but did have a exit velocity of 98 and that was against bailey falter who is a, a hey it's a quad a guy yeah quad a guy so you know Hey, it's like good, good measuring stick game for him. And he went over world, to world series in our future. I mean, he's <laughs> to be fair, he's worse for, on the right side and he had an exit velocity of 98 sure. from the right side. So, yeah. I mean, maybe we're just being pessimistic. Yeah. I mean, Hey, look back to uh opening day this season. Yalamakata looked amazing. And actually the entire series, it looked great. And I, I think that first game was against Framber Valdez. I want to say well, lefty. So he was batting righty. And I remember him rocketing one into left field. So yeah. 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 Is that the last game he played? It sure feels like it. It mm -hmm. sure feels like it. I've seen a lot of Jake Berger at third base this year, but I mentioned the last time I was on with you a week ago. He's only got three errors this season. Yeah. Oh, he's, not, he's not he's not sure fire defensively by any means, but hey, three errors, we'll take that. Uh also faced Drew Hutchinson on uh, uh Saturday. Uh just a major league god. Um he I, I don't think did well. He had one actual ball in play uh, with an exit velocity of 73.4. So woof, uh, just a nice little pop up there against uh, Drew Hutchinson. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Why don't you update us on the poll? This is I'm updating on Mankata is sad. It hasn't changed very much. It's 76 percent sell right now. It's going down, though. Yeah, I guess. I mean, hey, the, the vibes are high after taking two out of three from the Atlanta Braves at yeah. Atlanta. Um, we did right. it. Why, why, why don't you? Uh, do your job. You, you said you did it. Why don't you do your job and uh, throw me out some questions? I mean, that's I didn't mean to yeah. sound so harsh. Uh, oh, Mankata did, uh, did have a single that was at 99 miles per hour uh, off Nick Nelson in his first game. Uh, a launch angle of negative 15, but a single's a single. Burner. Let's do it. Keep Elvis after the deadline. This is an interesting one for me just because Zach Remillard has really stepped up. I mean, if you're going to be selling off pieces, I don't really know what you need an aging veteran for that's on a one-year deal. What do you think? Ugh. Um, <laughs> my choices are Zach Remillard, Elvis Andrews, and Lenin Sosa. I, I hate it. Um, Jake Berger. Uh, I, <laughs> I think it depends on if they move Tim or not. If they don't move Tim, I think they cut bait with Elvis. If they do move Tim... I think they could keep him around for two weeks, see if he improves at shortstop. See, I mean, he probably is the best shortstop behind Tim, like oh, defensively. 
yeah. on, the, on the roster. Um, I'd probably say he might even be better defensively than Tim at I shortstop, but also I, who, I mean, Elvis Andres is like 36, so who cares? Um, I'd rather start Tim Anderson shortstop. Uh, hey, Elvis has more home runs than TA this year. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah, I, I, Queen Elizabeth was, was still alive last time uh, Tim Anderson uh, <laughs> hit a homer. Weird reference. Um, oh. Patrick, Patrick Nolan put out a lot of different things of last I time see. Tim Anderson had a homer. Uh, and I just remember that one. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I would say they would keep Elvis if they got rid of Tim, but if not, I could, I could see them cutting bait because I, I don't really see the point and the Sox aren't going to bring him back in 2024. So I, I would say that he's probably done with the Sox if, if Tim stays. I agree. If you're selling, that means that TA is probably gone. Uh, you know, even if TA stays, I want to see the prospects come up. I want to yeah. see the guys that are going to be factoring into the team moving forward. Not, not some aging veteran that you know won't be here next year because he won't be on this team next season. We had a really good half season run from him last year, and that was fine. That was great while it lasted. And now we're seeing more what Elvis Andres really is at this stage of his career. It is funny too because he's like the one veteran who's come in and apparently like liked the the clubhouse. Yeah. Um, you know, we we have heard that from Vinny. He also said it was the most talented clubhouse he's ever been in. But well, I don't know. He just might be a, a a real happy guy, a jovial guy. All right, let's go to the next question here, Steve. Is Kopech broken? We haven't Ooh. seen Kopech in a little bit now. He's on the mend. He should be back soon, right? Yeah. Thank you to Victor Von Doom and also Alejandro de Jesus or de Jesus de Jesus. Oh, de Jesus. Uh, probably yeah. not de Jesus. That's real uh, American of me. Um, de Jesus. Uh, I, I would say that Kopech is broken. We did see him on Friday, 38 pitches, and I think it's similar to Colby Allard today. Uh, Colby Allard having to leave the game after giving up four runs against the Sox. Um, I don't know if Kopech is oh, – I think he is hurt. Um, yeah. I don't know if they're going to put him on – Huh? Is it two-thirds of an inning he pitched? Uh, I don't know what the, like the final is. Uh, it was, yeah, it was two-thirds of an inning, one hit. Yeah, two-thirds of an inning, one hit, four on runs, four walks, and uh, gave up a grand slam homer. He said that was the worst pitch he made. But, yeah, 38 pitches in that game, 24 fastballs, 13 sliders. Um, the fastball was down a mile, 1.1 uh, miles per hour. The slider was down 1.2 miles per hour. The curveball he threw one of them was uh, two, two miles per hour off his yearly average. Um, and he just couldn't throw strikes. Four called strikes, uh, only got two whiffs. 16% called strike whiff percentage. And there is the illustration of uh, like his fastball and slider location. And I honestly think it would be uh, too gory to show people of how ugly it is. So I, I would say that Kopech is, is broken. I, I think that's fair to say. And I think that a longer IL stint might do him well. We did see Alec Manoa go down to the complex league just to start working things out. I wouldn't even rule that out for Michael Kopech. Uh, it's very clear that the innings base that he set prior to his Tommy John surgery in 2019, around 134 innings, is maybe the ceiling. We saw him kind of come close to that last year, but we also saw him be injured by, by that. We didn't see him have a healthy 135 yep. innings, and it doesn't seem like he's having uh, healthy innings this year as well. I know there's been some talk of moving him to the closer role, but Again, you look back on that Chris Sale trade and we're talking about Yohan Moncada and he got the $75 million extension and you made him a part of your core. But also, again, he's not he's not there. And it seems like he has a truly debilitating back injury uh, that is hurting his ability to stay healthy. And Michael Kopech, you know, he had what Tommy John missed mm -hmm. the 2020 year uh, to, to take time off. And it really seems like those have set him back to the point where. I think him being a starter is a question. And I think even in 2024, maybe the Sox go to a six man rotation. So he gets as much rest as possible because uh, I mean, we even heard that from Mike Rankin, I think, or, or it might've been um, uh, Malachi um, on Friday that, you know, Kopech needs those five days of rest rather than just the four days of rest. So I, I would say right now they don't have a reliable pitcher in Michael Kopech. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've seen, he has these, really odd ebb and flows throughout his career where he's really hot and he's shutting down the Dodgers or the Yankees. And then he has these other starts like yesterday or on Friday where he can't make it out of the first inning the controls gone. I, I don't know what Michael Kopech is. I, I don't know if I'm ready to say he's broken because the stuff is still there. Uh, he can still is it? Zip I mean, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't on Friday and it wasn't prior to that when he was injured, obviously, but we've seen starts this season and last season as well, where the guy looks unhittable. Um, He's somewhere in between for me. I, I don't know if he's broken or if he's in grade A shape by any means. He's definitely not that. 
but man, this guy just hasn't really seemed to put it all together yet. Uh, we've said that about some other players in this team before. Uh, it took Luis Roberts some time. Now we're seeing him put it all together. I, I don't know what to make of Kopech. I, I think he's better in shorter stints, but the guy wants to be a starter. The team keeps saying that he's going to be a starter. I don't know if he's long for the starters role. I, I really like him in that multiple inning role that we saw in 2020. Yeah, I, I just don't know how valuable that is. I mean, we hear Jared Kelly being, uh, you know, ha, ha, being used with an opener uh, yeah, I, I down in, in single A, uh, but it, it's apparently helped him. Um, you know, he's, he's had more success coming out and he's still throwing four to five innings uh, while being uh, saddled with a pitcher in front of him. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's closer per se. Um, I, I saw J James Fox throw out the idea of closer. I think he was probably listening to six seven the score. So like Bruce probably threw it out. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I the, the White Sox need him to be a starter. And, and that's really the thing. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, Matt says uh, six man rotation in 2024. Uh, who will they even have beyond cease? They'll have Kopech. Uh, so they got two. It's two uh, to two. And, and that's been the, the question. We're not really sure. Davis Martin should be back at some point, but he's coming back from Tommy John. So we'll likely need the full year to recover. Um, it doesn't seem like Sean Burke is truly threatening in AAA. Um, and outside of that, I mean, yeah, unless I don't want to see Jesse Peyton Paulette or, or no. yeah, maybe maybe Jonathan Cannon, uh, who we've heard is a consistent strike thrower. Maybe he could really have a good spring and, and, and pressure them to put him in the rotation. Uh, but I, I do think that Lynn, I know there's been some talk of people saying, you know, trade Dylan Cease and then uh, resign Geo um, or even the talk of, you know, trade Geo now and then resign him once he's a free agent. I really see that being the, the case with Lance Lynn, I don't see any team picking him up for $18 million, but no. the White Sox can say, Hey, we have a spot for you in the rotation. We might be able to make the playoffs. You've been comfortable here before. Maybe he wants to come back to, for the Sox. They probably give him like $10 million. And Hey, if Lance Lynn is able to be healthy and have a good 2024, maybe they flip him at the deadline. Uh, again, I, I think that he's a veteran who understands that, you know, probably just wants the most to get pitched or, you know, wants to get paid the most to, to, to pitch. So I, I don't yeah. know if, if the I Sox think he might really... be looking for a world series as well at this stage of his career. Yeah, but he could get, he could get traded to that team. You yeah, know, could, I mean, you know, get, get paid that team as well in the off season. Right. Cause like you said, no, one, no one's picking up the 18 and a half million club. Right. But glance you know, if you thought he was getting paid 18 million and you know, the Sox are the biggest buyer at, you know, 12.5, he's probably saying, Hey, I just, got traded off this team. They're giving me the most money now. And if a team's willing to give up something for me at the deadline, because I'm pitching well, the, the salary really doesn't matter at that point. Cause they're just, you know, trying to, to finish the off what, uh, you know, that season started. So I, I don't know. I think I could see Lynn uh, coming back to the Sox in 2024, but what that's, I, that's three, name, that's really three names, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it before Giolito. He's not coming back they're, The Sox aren't going to hand out the money that Giolito is going to be demanding in free agency. So that, that's a piece gone. Um, either you trade him now and you get the best return that you can, or would you get a compensatory pick if he signs elsewhere? Is that the other option? Hopefully. For the qualifying offer? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. Um, and I, I would hope they'd actually give him a qualifying offer and they learn from their Carlos Rodon mistake. I, I think they're just, they're going to learn by the mistake and just get rid of them. I, I, I mean, if there is anyone right. yeah. gone off this team, it's, it's Giolito um, and not because he's a bad person or a bad player or anything like that. It's because, I mean, right now he's probably the most valuable uh, starting pitcher on the market. All right. Uh, let's get rapid fire. So, yeah. these. I got uh, we'll this. With this one I looked into actually. So instead of putting Aloy on the IL, they're just going to play him shorthanded for like five plus days. I hate this team. He's actually had uh, groin tightness once before in his career. And it's funny that you mentioned five plus days. It was exactly five days he missed and he was back in the lineup. They didn't IL him obviously. So hopefully that's the worst case scenario. It's just five. And when days. was that? This was July, 2021. Okay. I mean, yeah. so I mean, fingers crossed. It's just something minor like that, but we've seen this before with him, anything lower body with, Aloy Jimenez makes you cringe a little bit and you wonder, oh, what is it now? Is it a hamstring again? Groin tightness better than a hamstring. So we're going to look at that as a positive for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it is pretty plausible that they're not going to put him on the IL, yeah. um, especially for something just uh, as vague as tightness. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, especially with him just being a DH, they might just be like, hey, you know, can you give us four at bats? Um, which is stupid. Um, That's the I mean, Connor and Fred kind of have these two uh, uh, paired together. Uh, Graveman is getting traded right from Fred, and then Connor saying, out of Santos, Kelly, and Graveman, 
who is most likely to stay and who nets the most return. I think Graven nets the most return. I think most likely to stay is Kelly. Yes. Um, I know you, you, you like Groot Santos. Um, I, I just think he could get more because of his, uh, he's controllable through 2026. He's yeah. arbitration eligible through 2026. And then that's still, after that, he's still arbitration one, arbitration two, moving on. Maybe, but I mean, Kendall Graveman has actual, an actual track record. I mean, that, yeah. that's the thing is, I mean, since 2021, he's a top five reliever, qualified reliever. I mean, that's, I mean, he has three years real? of doing that. <laughs> yeah. Top he's five, the, really? Uh, uh, for ERA uh, minus, which is the opposite of ERA plus. So it's basically mm-hmm. golf score for ERA yeah. um, for qualified innings uh, for the 165 qualified uh, relievers for minimum innings pitched. He is tied with Eric Swanson and he probably honestly went, no, he's tied with Eric Swanson at 65 ERA minus. So That's he's tied surprising. for 24th best just behind uh, Rossiel Iglesias, Camilo Duvall, Hader, Presley, Michael King, David Robertson. Um, yeah, you and I are still going to disagree on this one. I think Santos gets the biggest return just because of his control. Just because he's controllable and his stuff is phenomenal. You see 100 plus on a sinker and then you see uh, that slider at 92, 93 as well. I, I don't think they trade him. Uh, so I, I, I don't, don't think, think so. That also. And I, I mean, Graveman does have another year uh, and, you know, 8 million for a reliever for an actual team. I don't think is, is, is a bad deal. So, I mean, you're getting somebody with control as well. Um, in Graveman. So you get track record and control, I would say. Uh, Graveman is most likely to go, and I think he nets the most return. But, hey, if they're trading both Graveman and Santos, that's that's double return. So I'll take it. Um, that's going to do it, though, for the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us and discussing if the Sox should sell at the deadline. we got 87 people watching us. I saw that got up to 97 as well. So make sure you hit that. Over 100. The thumbs up button. Oh, wow. Uh, so make sure you hit the, the thumbs up button. We really do appreciate you hanging out with us, even though this team is 15 games under 500. They won a series. Come they on. won a series. No, I know. Yeah. Absolutely. That's exciting. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a, a, a stick in the mud. I'm just trying to be realistic. Damn it. Um. Anyways, that's going to do it. Thank you, Stephen Nicholas, for joining us on the show uh, and for producing the show. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to everybody uh, for hanging out with us in the chat. Um, Samuel saying Robert Jr. is the only player who would bring back an almost ready prospect. I would I'd push back on that. Same. Yeah, we'll talk about that well. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think tomorrow we might move the show to 330. I'll talk to Jake. Uh, but we might have a very, very special guest uh, to talk about the Mets Ooh. from uh, John Boy Media. Ooh, so Ooh, uh, oh, keep your eyes out for that. Uh, yeah, there's the tease. Uh, bye. Talk to you tomorrow.